toughness with Dr. Rob Bell. Each week, Dr. Rob sits down with athletes, executives, and expert coaches to talk about mental toughness and their hinge moment. Here's your host, Dr. Rob. So I tell people that, like, whether you're a manager or player, like, well, even throughout season, but like all year round, like, it's like a grind. Like, a lot of, like, you wake up, like, even for like the players and me, like, as a manager, like, you wake up, for like, a, from a player's perspective, like, you wake up, you go and lift, you have practice, you go to study hall to get some work done, you go to class, you may even come back to the gym at night get some shots up, you gotta watch film, like you just have to prepare yourself day in and day out. A lot of that is mental toughness. Folks, when I finished my 100 miler, I was happy to be done, but I wasn't finished. The reason why my legs weren't completely bonked from running was that I used PR lotion by Momentus. It simply eliminated any lactic acid buildup in my legs, and it's the best product I've ever used. Momentus is a leading nutrition and supplement company which works with over 150 professional and collegiate sports teams. No other company has the accolades of being awarded six innovation contracts from the Department of Defense for Human Performance. Since I started using PR Lotion, I now use their plant-based protein, collagen peptides, and recovery formula. Look, if performing is important to you, do yourself a favor, go to livemomentous.com. And for listening today, you get the best part, a discount. Enter code DRB20 for 20% off your order. That's DRB and the number 20. Livemomentous.com. Optimize, perform, and recover. Livemomentous.com. So our guest today on the Mental Toughness Podcast, I've known him for many years. In fact, this is going to be my first relative I ever had on the podcast. Try to stay avoid from nepotism when it comes to this podcast, but you're really going to love this guest. He's 22 years old. He just graduated from Temple University, a fellow Temple Al with his uh, Bachelor of Science Sport Management. He was also head manager for the last four years there at Temple Basketball. And our guest today is Shay Avellino. Shay, my man, thanks so much for joining us, buddy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. So you grew up and I mean, you've you've had a lot of success with just Eagles fan like your whole life, haven't you? I have. I have. Yeah, I've been part of Eagles my entire life. My family's had season tickets for a very long time. So every year I'll get down to the games, whether it's with my brothers or mom and dad, but we always try and get to as many games as we can every year. Yeah. So besides like this past season and then besides like when they won the championship, right? Like what, what's a memory for Eagles for you that, that stands out? So I always tell people my favorite game ever is when back, it must've been at least 10 years ago. I went with my dad is when they played the lions. It was a snow game and LaShawn McCoy went off for like, I guess 220 yards and like three touchdowns. Oh, shady, huh? Yeah, that was, that was probably one of my favorite games ever. Nice. Yeah, that was a good one. Who, who's your favorite Eagle of all time then? 
That's that's a good question. I mean, there's so many I can't I can't even pick, but may I maybe find Brian Westbrook's up there. Yeah. Brian Westbrook's up there, but there's so many guys now that you can, I just love them all. Like there's not right. one one right answer that you can go with. So you and I both shared an affinity with uh, with the Phillies in terms of having a favorite player. Is he still your favorite player of all time? You know who we're talking about? Shane Victorino. Shane Victorino, bud. Flying Hawaiian, yeah. man. Yeah, I actually went to the game with my family last night and my brother went in my closet. He's like, why do you have so many Shane Victorino jerseys? I'm like, hey, that's my favorite player. He's always have been and always will be. Yeah, I love it, man. Um, so obviously, I mean, we always connected, I think, for our affinity of sports and your career has been in sports. It will be in sports as well, specifically basketball. You know, I introduced you as head manager of Temple Basketball, but your journey started like in in basketball, specifically like in middle school. Walk us through that story about how you ended up even um, being a manager then in, in high school. So, yeah, so I always knew I had a love for the game, like baseball. I mean, it's always been my number one sport. I played that my entire life, but I always knew I had a love for the game of basketball as well. So I tried out for the team in seventh and eighth grade in middle school. And I didn't make the team. So I just thought, okay, like, let me go out, have fun with my friends, like play basketball, just like a week of like fun and learning. So I didn't make the teams. So I was like, I want to be involved some way, somehow. So my mom knew a teacher at my high school and he brought me in. He's like, how about, would you be interested in being a manager for the team? And I was like, that sounds cool. Like I could be connected, like hang out with the players and, just enjoy it. So I did JV my freshman year in high school. And then I did varsity for my next three years in high school as well. And that's where it just kind of just, it just took off from there. And I've been doing it ever since. When did it hit you, man? Like even in high school, when did it hit you? Like, Hey, this is like, I'm meant to do this, this job. I'm meant to do this role. So I would say going into my junior year, um, we brought a new coach in and we just instantly connected right away. Like I was working out, doing the player workouts in the summertime, like on the track, on the football field, like in the gym, like it just, and then ever since then, like we just created such a bond with the coach, with the coach back then and the players that I know it's like, okay, this is what I want to do. Like, I love it. I'm a part of the game. I can build so many connections, be around such great people. And yeah, ever since then, I just knew this is what I want to do. Yeah. And then when you got to Temple, I mean, you you already knew what you were going to be doing with uh, with Coach Dumfrey there when, when you got to TU, right? Yeah. So it's funny. So I came for a visit with my brother one day and I never even, I came to tour the campus and I never actually toured the campus that day. I went to the basketball practice and hung out with some of the coaches. And then I watched the practice when the locker room after, and I met coach Dumphy after the practice. And he's like, if you come here, you can be a manager. So ever since then, I didn't even tour the campus. I knew, okay, mom and dad, I'm going to temple, like set in stone, I'm going. So then that summer, I didn't want to waste no time. I called up their video coordinator and the director of operations at the time. I was like, Hey, like I'm coming in as a freshman, like, is there any way I can get down there early and just 
be a part of the team. So I came in, not even technically as a, a freshman, I came in that summer and was coming to the workouts because I wanted to get a head start and learn the roles and learn the faces and names of everyone. It was that, um, was Deontay Christmas? Was he on that team? No, I know. I have a great relationship with Deontay, Deontay Christmas, but he was before me. Okay. I was trying to think. My years get all messed up, man. I, I didn't mean to mess that part up in the interview because I was thinking, that's got to be, I mean, he finished, what, 2012, something like that, right? It may have been, yeah. Maybe later. Right in that yeah. time. Yeah. She's also so, right before me, too. Okay. So you you arrive at Temple even early to start being a basketball manager. So like if you had to estimate how many times, and you did do the tour of the campus, right? I mean, you toured the most important part. I mean, the basketball arena. Yes. Yes. How many, how many times do you think you've been to that gym in since, since that first visit there? Almost every day. Like whether it's a practice facility or an arena across the street, I'm in here basically every day. Like yeah. I, I've gotten comments before, like from the coaches, like they're like, "Damn, like do you sleep here? Like you're here more than us. Like they're like you gotta go home sometimes. Like you like you always here." And I'm like, "It's just like what I love to do. Like any chance I get, like I come in, whether it's like by myself, like with another manager or with the players, like any opportunity I can, I come mm -hmm. in. This is what I enjoy." What would what would like your routine be when you would, um. Like when you would show up, what would your normal routine look like? So whether it's like, I'll go over like practice and game. So like all my duties consisted of like, so I would set up and break down practices and home games, which included like cleaning, laundry, filling water bottles, putting out like gum, getting the boards ready, markers, making sure that the balls are pumped up. Um, I would participate in practice drills and shoot arounds with aiding the coaching staff and on court drills and tracking st statistics. Um, I did travel with the team junior and senior year with assisting in travel logistics, itinerary development and game preparation. I assisted with developing the weekly practice and laundry schedule. So each week I would text the coaches, Hey, do you have, the schedule for the week. And then that way I would send it out to the rest of the managers. We kind of had a sign up sheet for each day. Mm -hmm. uh, I assisted with communicating with players and coaches, which included rebounding, getting food and water whenever they needed it. Uh, I assisted at the end of this year with cutting film during games. And then lastly, I assisted the coaching staff with recruits, including scheduling food and workouts. Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of it. Um, there was also like, I guess, little stuff like on away trips, I would have to wake the players up in the morning, make sure they're down to breakfast and film at a certain time. Um, make sure like packing for away trips, like everyone has everything they need and whether it's shoes, uniforms, practice gear, but there's a lot that goes into it. But oh, yeah. as the years went on, I got the hang of it pretty quickly and it just became all like easy as I would say like as the years went on. Hey. 
Hey, good looking. If you like this podcast and are already a badass, but it's all way too complicated, then visit our website, drrobbell.com, and schedule a call with us to help capture your very own hinge moment. Mm-hmm. You know, there was um, Lou Holtz when he was done coaching at Notre Dame. People that were uh, managers for the football team, you know, would introduce themselves. And his next question, so they said, you know, I'm a football manager for Notre Dame. And his next question would be, obviously they were out. Next question would be, hey, what what business do you own? So that would be his thing. Like, why do you think, um, or how do you think that alone and everything that you did on a day-by-day basis, how do you think that that has prepped you for your, your next stage in life? Oh, I mean, it's everything, like whether it's communication, time management, organization, like even just like keeping a day-to-day schedule, like it has helped me so much. Like I tell people all the time, my freshman year, I just took advantage of every opportunity. And then year after year, that's how I worked my way up to being the head manager by myself and taking on the role that the coaches have trusted me with like the entire season. So my freshman year, I always use a great example is we had a player, Nate Pierre who's now in the G league for the Los Angeles Lakers. He's on their G league team. And I would get in the gym with him and rebound for him at 6 30 AM almost every day, my freshman year. And then for the home games that I wasn't working, I would get asked, Hey, could you do tickets? So not everyone likes to do tickets because you're not like, I guess, a part of the game, like you're back somewhere like in the other side of the arena, like not watching the game. But I just took advantage of every opportunity, whether it's doing tickets, something else, coming in early, rebounding. And from then on, it just was building. And this year, I got to be the head manager by myself. The coach trusted me to go on away trips by myself, packing. But so everything's just, I would say the hard work, the worth ethic, communication, responsibilities is a big one. Um, trusting, um, all that is just allowed me to grow as a person and a manager in this sport and business to just continue on um, for my love of the game and help yeah. me reach my next point. I mean, Shiz Alston like mentioned you in a podcast. I mean, and then just listed down like what an integral part of you know just the, the entire program right what, what did that mean to you like when you kind of heard you know somebody like that you know talk about you oh i mean that meant everything to me as soon as i heard it i texted him right after but having someone like that who is a legend around this program um really meant a lot to me because it just shows like my hard work has paid off and someone like that like looks up to me as like a mentor and a role model like um yeah it means a lot because it just shows like how much like my hard work is paying off and um people just look up to me like that and i hope i can continue to be the person i am and a role model for everyone else and help people that follow in direction of me like help them succeed and set them up for what they want to do as well yeah so more of like a mental question here in terms of you rebounding for so many different players. Like what's, 
what's an instant or what's a player that kind of stands out to you in terms of like uh, their development throughout the years? So one that I can think of that is always like, we've had such a great relationship. I, he was with me since the beginning of my freshman year was Damian Dunn. So he spent four years here. He just transferred out. He now goes to the university of Houston, but um, we would always get in the gym together. Um, uh, every day we would just put, he would get shots up and rebounding and his worth ethic and growth over the years has just been amazing. And I know he's going to continue to do great things with his career and succeed in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. What did you notice then throughout your development about players and their mentality and that those would adjust well? And uh, what did you notice kind of about the mental toughness of, of players and Hey, like, this is a really important mental skill that I saw that like successful players would have. So I tell people a lot, like whether you're a manager or player, like, well, even throughout season, but like all year round, like it's like a grind, like a lot of like you wake up, like even for like the players and me, like as a manager, like you wake up for like a, from a player's perspective, like you wake up, you go and lift, you have practice, go to study hall to get some work done. You go to class. You may even come back to the gym at night, get some shots up. You got to watch film. Like you just have to prepare yourself day in and day out. And a lot of that is mental toughness. So it's just a lot of, a lot of that goes with responsibilities. So getting your work done on and off the court and a lot of patience. So you have to know like how to use your time. Well, whether you get stressed out or, if you get down on yourself at time, whether something happens during a game or practice. So it all just goes in, just be mentally like prepared day in, day out. Cause you never know what's going to happen either, whether it's during practice or game, like the next play or after practice or something like that. So you always have to not have a backup plan, but always be ready. I like to say always be ready. So you don't have to get ready. Right. Yeah. That's a good one, man. Um, you were in the article about uh, Cleef Battle and and his um, not only his injury but his his rehab and then and then coming back. Share with us that you know that relationship with with him. Yeah, so that was that was awesome. So we've had a great relationship. So when he got hurt, he would always text me like, "Hey, like, can we get shots up and stuff like that? Like, get in the gym. Like, hey, what time can we go?" And even like he had a scooter with him, like even like on a scooter, he would want to um, get shots up. So like that just pertains to like his commitment, how he wanted to get better. Like he didn't let his injuries stop him. So there's actually some pictures that like we would always have fun. Like I would push him on his scooter um, after practice. Like we'd always like joke around. So but no, that just pertained to his commitment and wanting to get bad uh, to get back from his injury because he didn't let that stop him and he never put his head down. He just wanted to work and get back and get healthy and show people mm-hmm. what he could do. What's one of the memories that stand out for you being a manager kind of throughout the four years? So my two favorite memories actually happened this year. One being when we beat Villanova 
because that's always a big goal of mine. Was that the first time in the four years you were there? Yes. That was actually oh, nice. in like a long time, at least 10 years. So that nice. was a big memory because I always told people like, if I go there, I want to be Nova because that hasn't happened in such a long time. And my parents were at the game too. So to experience that was, was amazing. And everyone having like the uh, students um, cloud the court after and just everyone just piling up. But I would have to say my favorite memory, I think by far is when I went to Houston this year and we knocked off the number one team in the country. That has mm -hmm. to be my favorite memory because that was so many people doubted us and no one thought we could do it, but we did it. And that was truly special. What stands out to you about uh, just about the preparation and then that game itself? Oh, the preparation for that game was, that was crazy. So everyone, I just knew from the jump, like even me, like preparing myself so that I was actually the only manager that went on that trip. And we had one grad assistant too. So we didn't have as many, uh, I would call it like hands on deck as we normally would. Like for other trips, we would have another GA grad assistant and another manager. So we'd have more help. But for that trip, I was the only manager and we had one grad assistant. So I just knew from there, like, okay, the coach trusts me. We're going to play the number one team in the country. Like I have to be on my absolute best. But I didn't really feel any pressure because I'd been in that situation before. I just had to treat it as another trip, as another game. So, but so I, quick, quick question, Shay, and I don't mean to interrupt, man. But when he's saying like you, like when you're telling yourself, "I need to be at my best," like what does that mean? Like when it comes to what you were doing. So making sure everything's packed, make sure everyone has what they need. Like, don't leave anything behind because if you leave anything behind, like you're in a bad spot. So just make sure we have everything, make sure the players have everything, make sure everyone's on time. Um, so yeah, just making sure like kind of not, I guess, messing up in a way. Like I'd had to be like on my absolute best mm -hmm. that the coaches trust me and the players can trust themselves and be comfortable so that they can head into this game that we had with like, with their minds. Right. So that they didn't like no distractions, like stay off like social media, like without telling you like, Oh, you guys can't do this. Why are you like even like going to that game? Like you guys have no shot at winning. Like we knew like, okay, without preparation, our hard work going into that game throughout the week that we knew that if we stayed right, stayed mentally right and focused on the game plan that we could do it. And we did. And then after that, we, we went crazy in the locker room afterwards. It was, it was special. That was a good feeling, huh? Yeah, it was probably, it was definitely one of the best feelings ever because when, when somebody tells you you can't do it and you eventually do it and you prove them wrong, it's, it's special. Mm -hmm. No, I think I remember texting you probably after that, uh, after that win, I'm sure you had a lot of people texting you, man, but that was, that was I, a good one. I came man. back to my phone before, after we cleaned up and everything and I got back to the plane and I had a whole bunch of text messages. Yeah. After I'm, I'm always fascinated, man, by, uh, like after the mountaintop moments, right? Mm -hmm. How did the team rebound even after that, that mountaintop moment and, and, you know, even the, the games after. So we had 
I would say tell people like we had a low shaky of a year. So like starting out, we had we had a very bad loss to a team our first game of the season. And then we bounced back a little bit when we went to Connecticut and Brooklyn. And then we ended up beating Nova. And then we had a couple bad losses within that time. Um, we lost a pen for the big five championship. Oh yeah. I remember that, man. That, that hurt a lot. Cause we could have won that outright for the, why, why in a long time, but mm-hmm. I mean, we shared it. I forget who we shared it with this year, but we shared the title with someone. And if people don't understand outside of that area, how big the big five, you know, basketball is, man. So, oh yeah. I, for I Philadelphia, I that. Yeah. For Philadelphia, that means everyone in Philadelphia, just like, the people that have come along, like all the programs and like how Philadelphia basketball is like, it just means a lot. Like even like if the teams like aren't as good one year, like, like whenever we play St. Joe's, like Villanova, LaSalle, Drexel, Penn, like it just, it means a lot. Cause everyone that's been through the programs who's built these programs along the years, like you just get to showcase that and just compete against one another. But going back to your previous question, um, after we beat Houston, we were looking, we were looking good. I think we were tied. We, I think going into the Houston game, we were tied for first in the conference. So we were, we were good. We may have been eight and one in the conference at that point. And we had, we were, we were feeling good. And then we lost to Houston. Um, oh no, we beat Houston. Then we lost to a team right after. So we were then, we were eight and two. And after that, we just, we had a couple bad losses and we kind of fell apart. Like, um, the best way to put it is we didn't have the, the best culture. I want to say like everyone was going their own way, like doing their own thing on and off the court. So I like to say like we want like a, like a brotherhood as people like mm-hmm. to call it for basketball. So, which it hurt, like we lost by a lot the last game of the season. We lost like 30 in the conference tournament to Cincinnati in Texas. And after that, everyone, everyone was hurting after that. And then everything after that went downhill. Like the coaching staff um, got fired afterwards. And now that's led to the new coaching staff that's here. But we had a lot of ups and downs throughout the season, but I think it could have went better. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, one of the reasons why I wanted you on the show was you've overcome a lot like yourself growing up. I mean, you were, you were a twin, um, but when you were born, I mean, you had a lot of significant health issues. I mean, yes, 10 weeks in the NICU. Um, I mean, you had extreme reflux kind of as a baby, uh, hard for you to keep any kind of nutrients down. I mean, you, you, you were having physical therapy from, you know, really from like the time you were born. Right. I mean, you had to yes. yeah. give yourself, you had to give yourself, uh, hormone shots. Um, yeah. Walk us through, man, like some of, and, and again, I mean, I know it's tough to remember like when you're a baby, but what are, what are some of the things you kind of remember growing up and what were struggles for you? So, I mean, just even at a very young age, just like, I mean, right when I was born, like I had surgeries, I had broken bones. So like, even just like learning, like always being like 
smaller than everyone else. So just like, even at like a young age, just like learning how to walk and stuff like that. So I remember like, even back, like when I was young, I had a lot of like, I guess, learning disabilities. So like people, like doctors always say like, oh, we don't know like if he can do this on his own or we don't know how he's going to be when he goes older. Like he might not be doing what a normal kid does. Like, let's say like playing sports or stuff like that. So, um, I mean, as I've gotten older, like I've always like told like my parents and my brother, like for me, like it's always special. Like, I guess like when I prove people wrong, like people doubt me or like say I couldn't do this. So, but some of the, like the biggest like issues or surgery to palms that I've had that I can remember is I forget what grade I was in. I may, have, I know it was in, I was in elementary school and I got out the shower one night and I saw a, like a lump on my stomach and I looked down and I was like, mom, like, what is this? And I was taking the hospital and it was a hernia. So I know that was one of my surgeries. Um, I've had some little surgeries, but I've had wisdom teeth out. Um, I've had my tonsils and adenoids out. Um, but one, I, two more, I do remember a lot is I went for a regular, uh, eye exam in, I think it was my freshman year of high school. Felt fine that day. Felt great. Was looking forward. Okay. Getting back to school and whatnot. But I was sitting in the chair and they looked at my mom and they're like, yeah, we just looked in the back of his eyes and he's papilledema, like is optic nerve is enlarged. And I was like, okay, like, what does that mean? They're like, yeah, we have to, you guys have to go upstairs and we have to admit you guys Like, you have, we have to do surgery. So I just remember they were sitting in the doctor's office. Um, um, and I was like, I was scared. And I was like, what does this mean? Like, like what happened? Cause I felt fine. So I remember that was, that was tough. Cause when I got home, I wanted to go to the low mailing game. And I remember I was in my going up to my room with my mom and I went to pull a low mailing shirt out of my closet. And that was the last thing I remembered because I was my, I had a seizure. So I just remember like my mom told me afterwards, like, like, yeah, like you had a seizure like right in front of me. I was screaming to dad, call 911, call 911. And then I went to the hospital. Um, I was fine after that, but I remember I watched the Lerman game in my, in the hospital bed that night. And then another one that I remember was my sophomore year of high school. I had, um, a hip problem that started to flare up. It ultimately was inflammation and I had to do physical therapy for three to four weeks, which it settled down. But going into my senior year of high school, it started back up again that summer. And I've always kind of had like uh, bad hips, but it got to the point was like, it was really bad. Like the pain level on like a good day was like an eight. So I remember going, I told my mom, I was like, mom, like, I don't know what to do at this point. Like we have to call a doctor. So we tried physical therapy again, cause maybe we thought, Hey, like it's like, maybe it's inf inflammation again. So we tried that and then 
And that did not work. So we tried that for about three fours and I was like, yeah, this is not working out. So then we tried to do steroid injections in my hips and then in my joints. And I can tell you those were very painful, but those did not work either. So then I went back to doctors and like, yeah, we have no choice but to do surgery at this point. And this was both hips, but the left was always worse than the right. So I remember right, it was right before my birthday for senior year. Um, I did manage football that fall. And then I got my surgery. It was like October 21st. I had my left hip done, which it was like chip bone and plates and screws. So then I had to do it in a, I was in a wheelchair for six weeks. I had to do PT just enough to get it a little bit strengthened so that they could go back and do the right hip. So they did the right hip in January. I was back in the wheelchair for six weeks. And then I did physical therapy after that for about seven, eight months. But I always like to tell people is I managed football that year. I still managed basketball that year and pitched two scoreless innings on senior day that year. You pitched two scoreless innings there? On senior day. There you go, bud. With, with all that happening. So, I mean, that was probably definitely the hardest year of my life. Like going mm-hmm. last year of high school, like trying to have fun with your friends and it just all comes down to that. But I mean, I tried to make the best out of it, but yeah, I would say that was probably definitely one of the hardest years of my life. And throughout that process, like what did you, what did you learn about yourself? Just toughness. Like I know that anything now, like I know nothing's going to get to me or stop me or break me down. Like I know like I can overcome any obstacle that I face from now, even like from now or in the future. I know like with my like determination, my perseverance, my work ethic that I know I can overcome anything that I face in the future because that taught me that like no matter what you go through, like there's always going to be um, a bright, like a bright light on the other side, like the tunnel that people say, like you will get through it and like better days are coming. Mm-hmm. How do you think that impacted your coaching and relationship, like with players and coaches themselves, you going through those struggles? So, I mean, I just think it showed like, like almost like anything is possible. Like no one thought I was going to be able to manage basketball that year or like, or even pitch on senior day. Like no one thought I was going to be able to come back. Not saying I was a hundred percent. I was not nearly a hundred percent when I pitched that day. I would say maybe within the range of like 60 to 70%. Like, but I mean, I just think it showed that other people like, okay, like if he can do it, then like I can do it. Like as long as I have determination and perseverance and I push through it and I know like nothing's going to get in my way that like, I think people can do it. Like just, just like people say, like, just don't give up. Like it will all work itself out, but you just got to push through it and like, keep your mental, like keep your mental. Like I think a big part of it is mental. Like not like anyone tell you, like you can't do this, you can't do that, but just, you just got to stay true to yourself and just work through it and you'll, you'll get through it. Want to listen to your favorite music, but you're sick of all the commercial interruptions and negative news today? 
Tune in to KukoRadio.com. Music for your mindset. We're a commercial-free online radio station. Playing nothing but hits. Our free iOS and Android apps are available for download at KukoRadio.com. What part do you think was, was mental? Um, I would say like the mental part, just like the no, like, I guess working through it, not giving up, but also like, like the background noise, like people telling you, like people tell me like, oh, you might not be able to pitch or like, you might not be healthy enough or like just people telling you, you can't do it. Like that's a big mental part of it. Like just staying. Being, being told, being, being told that. Did that ultimately help you though? I mean, that gave you. Oh, for sure. That fuel? just gave that much more fuel. Like that just, that pushed me that much more. Like, okay, you're going to tell me no, but when I do it and I prove you wrong, like, don't say like, like you can say congratulations and everything, but like that just shows that like, you didn't believe in me. Like I proved you wrong and that was my goal all along. That just pushed me that much more to prove you wrong and say, okay, I can do it. And you were wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I got like Boston Scott so much, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm a Washington fan, but I love Boston Scott, man. Guy's yeah, a dog. Boston, yeah, Boston Scott is, he's good. Mm-hmm. But you talk about somebody who's been told his whole life, like you're yeah. not good enough. Exactly. I mean, Louisiana Tech, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's a good example. Talk to us about, man, where, um, where's the future here for Shea Avellino? I mean, I know we don't know the path, right? But mm-hmm. I think you have a pretty sound idea of what it is that you want to do. What's that look like, man? So ultimately right now, I'm trying to be a grad assistant someone next year at a D1 school and go to grad school and get my master's. And then after that, um, in sports, like you got to do, I guess, a lot of jobs, work your way up. So whether that video coordinator and director of operations after that but ultimately one day i'd like to coach college basketball i love it my man thank you yeah your dog buddy <laughs> appreciate it yeah I mean, you know that man we've always connected i think through our love of sport and absolutely and, uh, I, and i think uh you know one of the parts about you is uh you know you've i think people are better off in life when they get to experience Shea Avellino. So when Shea Avellino gets to come in, you know, when you get in people's lives, I think their lives are just ultimately better because you were a part of it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Don't you agree though, man? Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Like I think I have a great impact and on people, like just like I've always been a very social person and outgoing and energetic. So I think just that alone and then just like my worth ethic, like, building off of people um i think it's just made me like that much like a better person to other people and my relationships and connections and um but yeah it's it's truly amazing i mean if you had a tail don't you think it'd be wagging all the time <laughs> you can say that <laughs> it would right like yeah definitely yeah that's awesome man shay my man um last question for you what's one question i should be asking you that that i just haven't asked Oh, um, that's a great question. Um, put me on the spot. Um, 
What's one question you haven't asked me? Um, I don't know. You hit on, I think you hit on everything on the head. I think you pretty much hit on everything. Well, I mean, this is your mic drop moment, man. Like, what is it that you want to share? Um, just like with other people, just, I guess, just be, um, just grow with yourself and just network and take advantage of every opportunity that you can and just push yourself because you never know who someone might know or what they could lead to, like open up a new door and a new opportunity for you. So just take advantage of every opportunity meet and connect with as many people as you can and if you're ever just going through something like a tough up score feel stressed out just don't give up like talk to someone ask like ask for advice like it doesn't hurt to ask for advice i've asked for advice through my four years here like a lot like that's okay just push yourself don't give up and just fight through and just be successful and be your own person don't let anyone tell you you can't do it Shay, my man, thanks so much for joining us, buddy. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity for you having me in this great conversation. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mental Toughness with Dr. Rob Bell. To find out more about Dr. Rob, visit his website at drrobbell.com or follow him on Twitter at Dr. Rob Bell and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform to get the next episode of Mental Toughness as soon as it's available. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.